Welcome to Hearing God with Gary and Jane Berry. Do you want to grow in your intimacy with Father God, Holy Spirit and Jesus? Join us as we share insights and practical tips that you can apply today. Hi, I'm Gary Berry and together with my wife Jane, we host the Hearing God podcast. A podcast that helps people hear from God. Today we're unpacking 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3 about what a prophetic word should do. I think, Gary, before we start, we actually need to unpack what a prophetic word is. Prophetic word is where we hear or receive something from God for someone else. It's hearing God's heart for someone. Now, a prophetic word should never take the place of hearing God for yourself but in fact should confirm what God's already revealed to you. So when we talk about 1 Corinthians 14.3 about what a prophetic word should do, this is where it says in the Bible, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging and comfort. Now the RSV version says for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. And the message version says, but when you proclaim his truth in everyday speech, you're letting others in on the truth so they can grow and be strong and experience his presence with you. We tend to focus on the NIV for the words, a prophetic word should be strengthening, encouraging and comforting. So Gary, do you want to unpack those words a bit for us? Yeah, look, that'd be great. I really like that idea where they said in the end of the message, it says, experience his presence with you. That would be wonderful to experience God's presence with us through the words that are said to us. Encouraging or exhorting, prophecy calls us to be a person who God created us to be, to step into the things of God that we had not encountered before, to awaken potential to rise to the challenge, and to embrace what is only possible with him. Now, the second part was strengthen or edify, to instruct and to improve so that you are made stronger. God uses prophecy to shed light in all areas of our life and show us the way we are to go, to show us the way forward. Comfort and consolation. Comfort means relief in affliction. Now, prophecy reassures us that God sees our pain, our distress, our anger, and in fact, he feels it too, reminding us that God will carry us through the hard times and see us safely out the other side, that he will be present with us during these times. That is fantastic. So, Gary, can you remember a time when a prophetic word has encouraged you? So one of the first times that we'd ever received a prophetic word was when we were in Mozambique at the Mission Harvest School with Iris Ministries. There was a guy by the name of David Wagner, a prophet who visited at that time. He gave everyone on that school a prophetic word. The week before, Jane and I had been trying to hear from God about our future. We had been excited to join the ministry, but we'd been sensing that no, we were meant to return to Australia. The night before that we were going to receive some words from David, after much deliberation, we decided we should return to Australia to live. 
The next day, David Wagner comes along. At the end of his prophecy, he saw us returning to Australia to live and minister. I can actually remember that. It was so encouraging and strengthening to know that we had heard correctly. It really gave us a confidence boost that we were able to hear from God, which can be really hard when you're trying to make decisions, to know if we're really accurately hearing from God. The other night, we were teaching on the prophetic at a church and a lady received a prophetic word that she would be travelling. Now, she was blown away because she'd been about to book tickets for an overseas holiday that day, but she was really unsure if God wanted her to do that. So it just really confirmed and encouraged her that, yes, it was okay. At another church, I can remember giving a prophetic word to a young man in the audience that he'd be going to a hard place, but he'd have an opportunity to minister to people there that no one else could reach. And I actually felt a bit bad after I gave that because I thought, that doesn't sound really encouraging that he'd be going to this hard place. I didn't know it then, but the guy was going to court the next week and he ended up in prison. That prophetic word was a real encouragement to him that God hadn't left him, but was with him and going to use him mightily during this time. When beginning in the prophetic, I didn't always have the confidence to say what I was sensing on God's heart. And I'll never forget giving prophetic words at this pastors and leaders conference. At that stage, I was teamed up with a more senior prophetic person and leaders would book an appointment or pastors to come and receive a prophetic word from us. And as soon as this lady sat down in front of us, the words Romanian orphanage popped into my mind. And I sat there. The other lady with me said, Jane, do you want to start? Do you have anything? And I'm freaking out going, oh, that's too directional. Like Romanian orphanage, what? What if I'm wrong? What if it's... And so I sort of mucked about and said, oh, I think there's something to do with Eastern Europe and some children and I'm not sure. Well, I should have just gone and said the words Romanian orphanage. I didn't need to say anything else. This lady at the end shared how her and her husband had been trying to have kids for years and just the day before I had realised they'd gone through yet another failed IVF. And and the night before, they'd they'd just really sensed they were to adopt and to look at a Romanian orphanage for children. And they said, God, can you really, can you please confirm that? So after that, I went, I need to have more confidence. So you said you fluffed around a bit. Now, if you're going to present that word to someone again, how would you do it in a way that would be appropriate? I would probably just say, look, the words Romanian orphanage just popped into my mind. I don't know if they mean anything to you or not. Right. That really makes sense. I think that's really helpful. And then if they do mean something, then we can always unpack it a little bit further. I think also with the prophetic, an important principle is not to add to what we believe or what we sense God saying. Right. So, Jane, those words in that situation, that must have been so encouraging for that lady and and for our hubby, no doubt, but also quite significant words. Now, 
do you ever have normal everyday sort of <laughs> things that, that just encourage people? Yes, actually, I often see people sitting down, having cups of tea or coffee with people and it being very significant for the people they're meeting with. And so it doesn't have to be, oh, you know, you're going to the Middle East to be a missionary, but it could be just encouraging people in their everyday life. Or often I ask God for identity words for people, how God sees them and what we may feel may be just small words can be huge words for people depending on their situation. Also can be those encouraging words can actually just be affirming when people are asking questions about stuff that just comes natural to them, but it's a God natural sort of thing. And it can just be really encouraging to just keep on keeping on with what you're doing because God's got a smile on his dial. Would that be fair to say? That's a great principle. How about, Jane, words that you get that aren't encouraging? How do you, how do you handle those things? Well, Gary, we're going to actually unpack that next episode. But basically, if you send something for someone that is not encouraging, comforting or strengthening, as lining up in 1 Corinthians 14.3, then you don't say it. Now, next episode will give you some great tools for what to do with that, whether it's purely God's shown you to pray it and not say it, or whether you turn it 180 degrees, or there's various other options. So stay tuned for next episode. So, Jane, we've talked about the two, the first two aspects, the strengthening, the encouraging words. How about the comforting? Can you sort of flesh that out a little bit more for us? Oh, yes, I've got a brilliant example. You are the person that seems to have a lot of story. You're a real storyteller. So we just returned from that time in Africa that Gary shared about earlier, and our daughter was admitted to hospital. I will never, ever forget standing beside my daughter's hospital bed and the doctors saying at 8.30 at night, Mrs. Berry, you have a very sick little girl. We don't know yet what is wrong with her, but by the morning we should have some answers. So far, we've tested for HIV, AIDS, hepatitis B, tuberculosis, malaria, cancer, leukaemia. My mind went blank at that stage and, and I actually didn't hear anything else. The doctors left my room and I managed to settle our daughter to sleep and I sank down into the chair next to the bed for the night. Thankfully, we were in an isolated room, so I didn't have to talk or have contact with anyone else. And as I snuggled into that hard, plastic chair, my mind was racing. It had taken us over 10 years for me to fall pregnant with her, and now I was looking at losing her. Would she die in two years, one year? four months, how much time we have left with her. And just then, I remembered the prophetic word we had got from David Wagner in Mozambique. We had been new to prophecy at the time and we hadn't known what to do with it. So we had written it out, the word, we'd recorded it, written it out, and we'd prayed it through. We'd prayed it through so many times that we knew it off by heart. And a sentence or two came back to me from that. It was about 
Sarah's future when she was in her 20s. She was going to be finished university and and doing certain things. And I realised that for that to happen, my eight-year-old daughter, there was at least another 16 years that she would be alive for. It was like this aha moment. It meant that she was not going to die from whatever disease she was currently facing. And at that moment, I was like that Proverbs 31 woman in verse 25 where it says she laughed in the face of adversity. I grabbed that prophetic word and I began to contend and war with the situation that we were currently facing. I used that prophetic word to give us hope. Jeremiah 29 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I knew the outcome. I knew that there was this huge mountain in front of us, but I knew that that was not the end. And with that prophetic word, I could see over the top of the mountain and see that there was a future. The mountain we were facing was huge, but it wasn't going to be the end. So that's where he used prophetic words to give you hope and a future and for comfort. So friends, grab prophetic words and if you've got kids, get a prophetic word for each of your kids and use those prophetic words to war, to contend. Now prophetic words don't automatically come true. You have to partner with them. And we will address that in later episode. I love helping people. I spend quite a bit of time mentoring people and working through their prophetic words with them. Gary, I can remember another time we had been invited to a Christian type of AA meeting, actually, to give prophetic words. And our kids had been invited and they drew a picture for each participant. And I can remember as we went round the circle Gary and I were giving them each a prophetic word and there was this lady that I said to her would have been at least 10 or 12 times, God planned your birth. You were not a mistake. God planned your birth. You were not a mistake. Sweetie, you were not a mistake. Now, I wouldn't normally repeat a sentence like that. God planned your birth. You were not a mistake. I normally like to keep prophetic words short and sharp. And on the way home, Gary said, oh, Jane, you really repeated yourself far too much. Normally normally she'd be saying that to me. (laughs) So I rang the leader the next day to apologise and she's like, don't apologise. That lady had come into her office first thing that morning and said it had been the first night she'd ever slept well as she now realised that she wasn't a mistake. Her mother had used to tell her over and over numerous times every day that she was a mistake. And God obviously knew that she needed to hear it numerous times Mm. that she wasn't a mistake to counteract the impact of her mother's words. Well, so those prophetic words can really impact people's lives. And really today we've covered that whole area of strengthening, encouraging and comforting. And that's the basis of the words that should be given to people. An important outcome is that they will bear good fruit in people's lives. That's what prophetic words are all about. And in closing, Gary, can I just really repeat 
the fact that just because you get a prophetic word doesn't mean it will automatically come true. You need to partner with God to see it realized. So the prophetic activation to finish today is to just turn your hearts to God, just focus on him and just say, Jesus, what tool would you like to place in my hand and why? So Jesus, what tool would you like to place in my hand and why? What am I meant to do with that tool, Jesus? Can you please show me how I'm to use it? Over to you, Gary. Father God, we thank you for everyone who's listening to this podcast today. That through the words that have been spoken, that they will grow in their capacity to hear from you and release words that are both comforting, strengthening and also encouraging to all that they meet. Day by day, moment by moment. Thank you that you speak today. In Jesus' name, amen. Check out my blog on all things prophetic over at unlockingthegold.com. If you subscribe to my emails, you'll receive a free 84-page 40 Days of Gratitude PDF downloadable. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our next episode on what to do if you hear something negative from God for someone else. Thank you so much for listening.